0: beautiful light beings, and welcome to the Sacred Portal podcast. I am your host, Abby Rose Wolf. Together, we will explore and journey through self-care practices and personal stories to ignite inspiration and passion within. Thank you for listening, and if you enjoy it, please leave a rating and review. Hit the subscribe button and share with friends and family on social media. Thank you so much. In this episode, I interview Fiametta Taminchi. Fia is an ayahuasca medicine facilitator or shaman or curandera, whichever term resonates with you. She basically facilitates pure magic through intention, medicine, song and celebration. We talk about intention, integrity with plant medicine, integration, and how important it is to honor and respect tradition. I refer to shamanic journeying a couple times throughout this interview, and for those of you who are unfamiliar with shamanic journeying, it is accessing the spiritual world through drumming. This conversation was so much fun, and I hope you enjoy it. Here we grow. Hello, Fia, and welcome to the Sacred Portal. I am so happy to have you on the show today. Hi, Abby. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Ah, all right. So, <laughs> today we're going to talk about a very incredible plant medicine, ayahuasca. And, Fia, I want to hear your story of how you got acquainted with grandmother ayahuasca and your journey towards becoming a shaman i'd love to hear it and your union with juan carlos who is Uh also an incredible just beautiful beautiful soul Uh so i would love to hear all of it because you are just Uh radiant and i think you just have such a pure heart and your intention that goes into it is felt and really appreciated
1: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for that. Oh, Yeah, it'd be my pleasure to share my story. So in the beginning, right? No. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, when, when folks ask me this question, you know, how did you find the medicine, right? And for me, it was really more of an experience of the medicine finding me. I was I was at work one day. I was working at like the local co-op. You know, and uh, I was working as a cash register at the cash register, and a friend of mine came in, and she had this person with her, and it was like seeing this person. You know, sometimes you see somebody, and it was like, boom, like this electric kind of like feeling of like, whoa, who is this person, right? And so I was just like, whatever, you know. And then they came through my line, and and this individual handed me a little note and, and invited me to a ceremony. Um, and, you know, he, he left his phone number. He's like, you know, if you want to know more, it was actually the, the person that was facilitating the ceremonies. And so he, you know, he left his number. He's like, if you want to know more about this medicine, give me a call. We can talk about it. And so, it, you know, it came sort of out of left field for me. Um, and I thought, wow, okay, this is interesting. You know, let's see what this is about. Uh, and so over the course of the next few weeks, I got together with this person, we had conversations and sort of like it was like building up to my first ceremony, you know, and um, eventually I, I had my first ceremony. Uh, and it's funny, you know, I, my very first time with this medicine, I actually didn't feel anything, <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> which which sometimes can happen your very first time. The only thing I said all night long was, wow, I have to do this again, <laughs> you know and little did I know (laughs) but yeah so over the course of the next several months I started attending many ceremonies and you know by the the third ceremony was really felt like I okay you know had the full (laughs) the fullness of the experience of the medicine you know and yeah right away I sort of was introduced into this circle um, as a helper Um, so I sort of like right away stepped in and sort of was, you know, helping, helping in different ways, helping folks get to the bathroom during the ceremony and helping with, you know, taking out the buckets. And, you know, if you know anything about this medicine, then you know what that entails. (laughs) And so, yeah, that's how it all started. And, and, you know, that there was a sort of a community of people that were gathering together, you know, in my hometown, that was for probably about two years. And then, you know, as life goes, things changed. Uh, And this individual that was bringing the medicine to us stopped coming. And for me, it was like, whoa, okay, like, (laughs) a moment to check in, you know, because over the course of those two years, oh my gosh, my life just completely changed. And I shifted and grew in so many ways. And, you know, I decided at that moment to sort of take some time um, just to really integrate all of what I experienced and, and learned and went through in that in that time, you know, and so I took several months where I just I didn't do any any other ceremonies or any other medicines or anything like that. Um, and throughout those several months, I still was like having dreams and, uh, you know, feeling very strongly sort of the presence, uh, of this medicine, you know, in my, in myself in my being and in my consciousness. And so I decided that, uh, I wanted to go to Peru. <laughs> I needed to go like to the, to the source, you know, to the, the home of, of this medicine. And so, yeah, I, I decided to, to book a flight. Um, I had made some connections. I, I found a, a place to go. Um, I, I stayed for a month and I, I went and yeah, I wanted to to learn more with this medicine. In my first experience in Peru, it was, wow, it was a lot. It was a lot of learning as well, but also pretty turbulent, I would say. I really, in that time, learned a lot about kind of the dark side of this work and how individuals can manipulate people, you know, by using sort of the power that can come from this medicine, you know, to, to sort of take advantage of people. And so I wasn't expecting that, you know, and I came back to New York after that month, just sort of like, wow, okay, this is the reality of the other side of this, you know, this incredibly healing medicine. And those lessons that I learned in that time there were so incredibly valuable. I learned so much about um, how to identify people who are out of integrity with the medicine and learned so much about my own boundaries and how to protect myself, you know, um, against (laughs) these kinds of things. Yeah. You know, again, after coming home from Peru, I I took some time and was just, you know, decided to sit with things and, and see how I was feeling. Yeah, you know, still (laughs) through it all, there was just this call to continue um, this really, really strong calling that I just couldn't deny. And so, you know, that month that I spent there, I did make some some good friends, some really good people. And I had another connection, um, a friend of mine who had another healing center. Uh, And so I I decided, you know, there was an invitation. So I decided to go back. Um, This time I went for five months and. It was during that time that I really, really was able to sort of get real with the with the medicine work. I started to do some uh, traditional master plant dietas and you know some plant studies where I really got a chance to go within and, and learn so much about not only you know ayahuasca, but all of the the different, so well I should say some of the different you know medicinal plants in Peru that are teacher plants really you know and during the last month of my stay there, I went to an art festival uh, a couple hours from where I was working and uh, there at the art festival is where I met my now husband Juan Carlos he was there uh, painting yeah and we we connected you know it was a small group of people at the festival, and we connected and um We did a ceremony after the festival with all the artists, all the artists wanted to get together and and have a ceremony, you know? And so uh, we actually had the ceremony at the center that I was working and volunteering at. And so Juan Carlos and I sort of, you know, came together to work together and share and share space in that first ceremony. Yeah. we, We kept the connection and eventually through our travels met up again and uh, you know, like they say, the rest is history. Uh, we found out very quickly that our our paths and our our dreams and our visions in life were um, were very similar. You know, and um, there was a a lot of love between the two of us, and so we felt called to to share together the path of life. You know, and. I think that our relationship is really serendipitous and, and synchronistic in a lot of beautiful ways. Several months, not several months, a couple months, really, after we got together, he actually purchased the land that is now our retreat center. Um, and so it's like together and then boom, this this beautiful piece of land fell right into our laps. Yeah, we have this center. And I remember the very first ceremony when we sat down in our in our temple space that we built on the land. I remember as soon as I started to feel the medicine coming on, I remembered visions that I had with like many years ago when I first began drinking the medicine of being in that very place, you know. And so it was this beautiful feeling for me of like, wow, I'm just so grateful that I listened to my spirit and I stuck with it and, and I'm here now and where I'm supposed to be, you know. So that's sort of the condensed version of the story of the beginning of my journey up till now. Wow,
0: that's amazing. <laughs> so you you mentioned that in the beginning you needed to protect yourself and create these boundaries. What exactly did that look like for you? Like what did you need to do in order to have that protection?
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a big question. You know, energetic boundaries and and spiritual protection—they're important. You know, when when you start to sort of move into these different realms, either through plant medicine or any any other kind of spiritual journeying that you do. And I think that the process for each person is, can be unique and different. Each one of us finds our ways to protect ourselves and, and to set our boundaries. For me, it was a lot of presence and awareness, just like naming it, being able to like see the thing, you know, whatever it was, and just being able to, to identify it allowed me to protect myself from it, you No, know? And there's a, for me, there's a lot of uh, faith. And and trust like in self in in goodness and in my plant helpers that I have you know and so as I started to learn more with different plants like tobacco which is a really powerful protector spirit um, and in different plants like that I learned how to use them as like spiritual tools so that when these energies started to come in I was able to kind of utilize these spiritual tools that I that I was learning to work with to protect myself so yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. And that reminds mm-hmm. me too that this was interesting for me to find out that not all mm-hmm. plants are really allies with each other. And so mm-hmm. for example, and I've never heard of this coming in to taking ayahuasca myself, but learning that mm-hmm. marijuana use mm-hmm. isn't recommended before taking ayahuasca mm-hmm. or even after. And that's interesting because I've had a journey with that plant teacher for many years I've went on like really a journey with it and I haven't used it in recent years at all I've just haven't felt as resonant as I have in the past and so I've let it go and then I just found that oh this isn't also resonant with ayahuasca and can you Mm -hmm. explain that a little bit or is there much to explain yeah
1: yeah you know the other thing is, you know, so there's so many different paths with this medicine medicine, and there's so many different traditions. And, you know, so just want to put out there that anything that I share is just from the traditions that I've learned from. And this is, this is what I've learned to be true um, because I know that there's other people that um, don't have issue and, and things like this, but in the traditions that I've been studying and working with every plant has their spirit, right. And, and every plant has a way that they sort of work with the human spirit and the human being, the body and everything. Cannabis, it is a totally a medicine, totally have so much respect and and honor for that plant. But it has a way of especially through a lot of use, everyday use and maybe you know several times a day, it can begin to sort of cloud up the psychic channel. You know, that's why sometimes we forget our dreams. We're smoking a lot or other things like that. You know, like even some of the paranoia that can come from a lot of use. Uh, it has this way. And, you know, I think part of that is when you start to slip out of proper relation with the plant, like respecting it, you know, when you start to use it too much, that's when the gifts start to (laughs) diminish. But, you know, ayahuasca, this medicine, it really works in like a very different, almost opposite kind of way where it's all about opening and clearing out the psychic channel and the connection and, and it opens you up to, you know, be more in touch with The dream world and the subconscious and so those two plants they don't like to share space together in the human body and in general ayahuasca you know here in the amazon they have a way of explaining you know plants like that where they would say like it's a jealous plant you know she doesn't want to share her space (laughs) with anyone that's just one way of saying and you know looking at it but yeah you know ayahuasca really um It really likes a certain environment within the body and the mind and the spirit to be able to really open up and heal and to reveal things and to teach things. And so that's why that's why we follow the diet beforehand. And we have all these things that we try to do to set ourselves up to be in a good way to be able to receive the medicine because, yeah, it's it's important. (laughs) Whoa, Fia, you explained
0: that perfectly. You explained that so well. <laughs> Thank you for that. Oh. I'm getting teary-eyed just because it's like, I, I, I really feel you when you say that. And going back to these plants are intelligent. Like they know, mm-hmm. they know your intention. I, I know that just working with other plants as well. I know that if there's one thing I know, and another one I've worked with also, I mean, the grandfather, so there's um, mescaline, and then there's also the grandmother ayahuasca, and very different, know, a similar actually, in some ways as well. But both, I think, have hold such grand intelligence, and it's kind of like mm. when you respect it, it gives you respect right back, well, actually, Two times a million, or even yeah, the same that with that gratitude. Happened. I remember having. I mean, the most profound gratitude I've ever felt in my life, like beyond what I could ever fathom to exist. (laughs) I've experienced with a grandmother ayahuasca and just being through this state of complete bliss. I guess you could even call it, my dad would probably call it the cosmic consciousness, like being in this state of, (sighs) of, I think it's the state where we're all meant to be at any given time. Like we can go there, but it's like through this conditioning and all the different lenses and veils that we've, I guess had over the years challenges that, or isn't making it so accessible for us to reach this Mm -hmm. state, but it's there. And like, if that's one thing I, that's the biggest takeaway I got from ayahuasca is like this life, I mean, I know it's incredible, but it's like beyond what I ever could imagine it to be. Like, I think it's, oh, it's so hard to explain, you know? And everybody has a different (laughs) experience too, which is really amazing as well. And going back to what you said about, you know, having, trust and faith in your guides that is huge mm-hmm. whenever that's one thing i learned from doing a lot of shamanic journeying was that your guides are always there to help and all they want to do is see you oh, just live your best life and just be extremely happy and joyful in everything. and everything they want to support you every step of the way and like i always thought yeah. it was just such a benevolent experience to be mm-hmm. in, in the presence with them or just you know calling them in and then be, then being with me you know and uh mm-hmm. So anyways, I want to ask you, because I was really curious. So you and Juan Carlos, when you are Mm -hmm. facilitating the the ayahuasca ceremony and singing, and oh my gosh, your voices are just like the sounds of angels. I don't even know how to explain it. It is so incredible. Both of you are just like so talented. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) not only are you amazing at holding space, but your voices are just like, Oh my goodness, it's like otherworldly. It's so beautiful. Oh, anyways, um <laughs>
1: I was you. wondering,
0: what do you guys see? Like, let's say there's 12 people in the room who are on a journey. And all definitely Mm -hmm. all individual journeys are going on probably no two people are having the same experience maybe sometimes people are tapping into the same thing but i was wondering like what do you see because it's like we'll see something but do you see something in them do you have this overarching like Mm -hmm. feeling of what's going on with everybody because you sing these am i saying that right Uh
1: uh-huh okay uh uh-huh
0: and you know kind of like what to sing to what people, and how do you know that? And is that just guided by grandmother herself? Or like, Mm -hmm. is that, tell me more about this. I'm not, I guess I'm not asking like a very clear question, but I have like all these things. It's like, tell me everything. What do you see? What do you see? How do you know what to do? Like, this is just, Uh it is just Uh an orchestration of pure magic. It is.
1: Mm (laughs) You're so (laughs) sweet. First, let me say, for Juan Carlos and I, working really closely with tradition is super important to us. And like I mentioned before, you know, there's lots of different ways to approach facilitating this medicine, you know, and even more so in this modern day and age. For us, it's really, really important to follow these traditions, you know, and even, even though, you know, I'm, I'm a white girl from upstate New York, I decided that if I was really going to step onto this path, I was really gonna take my time and really learn and really give it my all and not skip any steps and not not try to rush anything, you know. And so there were many, many years of I've been working with the medicine for almost nine years now. Just in the last four years, really, have I sort of sort of stepped into this role of facilitation because you know the truth is that learning with these plants is it never ends, you know, and to and to really be ready to sort of open up that space for another person, you know, it really takes a lot of wow. Yeah, a lot of time and energy and and dedication to crafting this connection. For us that's really, really important, you know, and we and we take it really seriously, the responsibility of that. And so as far as what we're seeing in the ceremonies, I can I can speak for myself. In the first few years of working with this medicine, a lot of my journeys were like many people, you know, it's this medicine can be very introspective. It shows you a lot of things about the self, who you are, your own universe that's on the inside. Um, It can really, really just teach you so much about your own personality, how you interact with the world, and how you are perceived and how you perceive and all these things, you know. So in the beginning, most of my journeys were sort of like that, you know, really just learning so much about myself. And, and also like, you know, the world and the universe outside, sort of making that connection, reflecting from the inside out, you know, and and back again like that. Over time, when I started to get closer to being, to facilitating, um, I sort of started to turn that lens like outward, you know, into the group, into the ceremony. And over time, really started to Sort of develop a sensitivity, you know, because the um, this medicine makes us really, really sensitive, right? And in, in all of the psych, the senses become heightened, and so a lot of the psychic sense and senses are heightened as well. You know, it's really something that is developed over time. There are folks out there who naturally have the ability to, they're, you know, psychics and mediums and clairvoyance and clair, clairaudience, all the clairs, no, um, that have this ability to feel and, and see and, and know things. But for me, uh, working with the medicine is, you know, it was something that I really had to develop. And so once I started to turn that lens outwards towards the participants in the group, the way the medicine relays information to me started to sort of allow to see certain things um, around people or in their history and and things like that. For me personally, that's also sort of, um, it's not something that I take lightly. You know, I feel like it's a, a responsibility. I'll see a lot of things, but I'm not holding on to any of that for anybody. I'm not going to let any of that affect how I see and, and deal and work with someone, you know, because that's their private stuff, you know, and the medicine is, ha- is happening to give me this sort of peek into their world, you know, but through the, we call it like a mastery, you know, a maestria. It's something that we work at over time to sort of develop and learn how to use that information to better allow the healing to move through us, you know, because, any shaman or any curandero or curandera or any facilitator or any healer truly is, is just a vessel to allow the healing to move through them. And that's really what uh, what Juan Carlos and I do in the ceremonies is we try to open ourselves up so that the, med- the spirit of the medicine herself can move through us, use us as a vessel to share healing with people. You know? And so any kind of information I get or things that I see about people, over the years I've been learning how to, how can I use that to bring about more healing for that person or whatever is needed in, in that specific moment to, to help them in their journey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What I'm wondering what is the biggest or more, most profound
1: lesson you learn from ayahuasca? Oh my gosh. Wow, that's a big question. Let's see. (laughs) Um, What is the biggest lesson I have learned from the medicine? My goodness, there have been so many, (laughs) so many lessons, right? Maybe I would say one of the most important things is that love is the medicine, you know, and that how important love and kindness and compassion and uh, energies like that are in our world today and how much healing and, Goodness can come through love. Learning constantly more and more ways to allow more love through my own self and through my own life and my own interaction um, with the world around me. I think that might be one of the the, the most important things. There's so many, it's hard to choose, but that one feels really, <laughs> really important, really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you say that, I flash back to
0: when you were singing this song and it was so mm-hmm. profound. It was so beautiful. I wish I had it recorded so I could listen to it every day. <laughs> it, You're playing, you playing the drum. You're playing like the mm-hmm. buffalo drum and or the shaman mm-hmm. drum. I mean, people call it different things. Um, but you were playing that beautiful drum and you were singing the song. And I remember you were just singing these lines of pure truth. And when you spoke mm-hmm. them... I felt them and I knew them as truth. I mean, it was like truth that I embodied. And when you sang it, it was just like that, that confirmation that this really is truth, you know? And um, and you said, and I remember the. it was a lot about love. It was a lot about love. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it is true that love is the answer or something. I don't know exactly mm-hmm. what you said. I don't remember all any of your lyrics, but I remember that it was just so, iconic, <laughs> so beautiful. And it was towards the end of end of our experience and it was just oh my gosh It like the music Ooh. oh it was it's, just, it's incredible yeah like I said that's a gift in itself just to be able to Ooh. perform those songs are just like incredible Ooh. in that state it makes the journey what it is I think in many ways Ooh. I can imagine it it.
1: right absolutely yeah Wow. Music is crucial <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness one thing one thing I really um, love and appreciate about my husband, one of the many things is uh, and the ways that he works is that he um, You know, there's different ways to sort of allow music to move through during the ceremony. Some people like play the guitar and learn songs. And um, even with the Icaros, you know, there are certain Icaros that are learned. You know, you sing this song in this moment of the ceremony and this song in another moment of ceremony. But Juan Carlos really does just open up and allow melody and sound to come through him. And before we got together, I sang in ceremony, but I never did that. You know, I never just opened up and let the medicine sing through me. And, you know, that's something that I learned from him. And it's it's so, so amazing and special because doing that, like I've witnessed with him so many times how it really allows exactly what's needed right in the moment to come out, you know? And when you have a song that's, that you've learned or something like this, you know, it's, it's beautiful. And it brings in a structure sort of when, when sometimes structure is needed too, you know, but allowing just sort of this like, I guess we'd call it like improv, you know. Channeling to happen is really special, and I'm so grateful to him that I've learned how to do that through and with him. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no kidding. I mean, Juan Carlos, he's incredible.
0: Yeah. Also, mm. I was wondering, do you have a favorite song that you love singing? You're like, this is my favorite. I Carlos, that I love mm-hmm. to sing,
1: or one that you just—that's a good be- question. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have a favorite. No, I don't think I have a favorite because, like we were just saying, like so often new ones come all the time. There's there'll be like a new melody, you know, sometimes be like, wow, where did that come from? That was beautiful. Yeah, there's been some special ones throughout the years, but I don't think I could pick one that was my favorite. I don't think so. (laughs) Could you... How about right now could you sing a little bit of one that you really enjoy? <laughs> sure, I think I could. You know, I will say the special thing about these songs, they're sacred songs and we will usually only sing them in ceremony, you know, or in a special moment. I would consider this a special moment. But, you know, they're they're really intentional and that's why like we don't, you know, people ask us all the time like, "Do you have a CD? Like we would love to hear and it's like we don't we don't record them." Because they're really sacred and they come through like in the moment, in the ceremony for that moment and for that person, for that group and for that energy, you know. But we have considered creating recorded music with the intention, uh, with the prayer of it being for the integration and for people to listen to like after the ceremony or even before. And so it's like that. It's really intentional and, and important to us to keep those songs in ceremony sacred. But yeah, you know, I had this melody in my head today. So maybe that's the one that wants to (laughs) wants to come out. I could share a little bit of it. That's really sort of how it works in ceremony too. You know, these Icaros, they're, they're really all about the frequency and the vibration of the sound, you know, and the language that they're sung in. um, It's like a it's a spirit language a lot of it some of it is an indigenous language like um, from the shipibo people and, and in quechua as well um, but a lot of it is just uh sound spirit language like we call it and so yeah let's see here um let me just connect for a second <sighs> E ra, irada, da ra, da 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 Namka Yadi i
0: Thank you so much. Thank when you. I hear it, it's like, oh, it just like I, it's it's interesting what happened to my body. It was like I just kind Ooh. of like relaxed into the place. It was like a surrender. It was like a homecoming. You know, it, your song is like a coming of coming home. Mm, That's what I feel so when physical.
1: I. Wow, so I got a little. Wow, yeah. it's also I think you know because you've set. Uh, in ceremony with us before you know you have that memory inside your being and so hearing it is like the medicine you know because we say the medicine always stays with you from the very first time you you have some the spirit is always with you and so then when you hear the Icaros again it's like that medicine wakes up inside it's like Vroom, hello again <laughs> uh, so I think maybe that's that's what you could be feeling a little bit <laughs> mm. Thank you. I think
0: so. Wow, that's so beautiful. Thank Thank you. you. My pleasure. (laughs) So there's a question I have about integration. You you touched on it just a moment ago about singing songs for the integration. And I think this is a really big part. So people have these grand experiencing, I mean, like transformational experiences oh, yes. where it's like once after you've experienced what you've experienced with ayahuasca, you cannot go back. Like some, there's some things that you just know you can never go back to in your past Absolutely. life. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> with the information that was received from the spirits, from, God, from our guides, from what other – entities or sources of energy (laughs) gave us this information. How do you help guide people into living with this new integrity and this new intention?
1: Mm, mm -hmm. I'm so glad you asked about this. Yeah. It's super, super important. Integration basically means allowing time and space for all of the, the things that you experienced and learned and encountered to settle into your being. Right. And, Yeah, you know, usually it means lots of quiet time alone, time spent in nature. And in this way, when you're not filling up your mind and and your thoughts and your heart and your reality constantly with, with like the monkey mind, like we talk about like thoughts and thoughts and things and busy and constantly going and doing, you quiet down and you create space where, you know, because ayahuasca, this medicine, it it touches our soul and our spirit in so many ways. And it brings, it can bring us information like sacred truths and divine information, you know, and that kind of information, if we don't cultivate a space for it, it can kind of get buried by like the, the everyday routine. Again, many people come to ayahuasca looking for healing or looking for spiritual growth and understanding, you know, and to be able to achieve that, um, we need to create time and space for it. Everybody is different and every experience is different. Some people benefit from a little bit more guidance, you know, a little bit more support during the integration. Somebody to talk to, you know, that understands. I offer like integration sessions sometimes because it can be really helpful to, to talk to somebody um, that understands about these things to help sort of navigate and give direction to this newness that you're feeling. And like you said, like you can't go back, right? So you learn and you see some things and you're like, oh my God, I'm forever changed. <laughs> you know, and so it's like how to integrate that and how to navigate what comes next. You know, sometimes it, it comes really naturally. Sometimes you get messages and it's like, whoa, thank you. Got the message. Now I know what I need to do. Um, and sometimes it's it's more about just like how. How can I cultivate more of this kind of connection and energy in my life? Yeah, it's it's really important. And I always say to people, you know, sometimes folks come to ceremony and maybe they'll come back a few times and, and you can tell that they're sort of trying to find a place to put all of this in their life, you know, and it can be really helpful to create spiritual practices for yourself because you know if if you like to come to ceremony and you you're finding a lot of value through what you're experiencing and you're growing and learning a lot if you're able to like implement some some spiritual practices into your life then when you come to ceremony you already have a place to put all of what you know all of what you're learning and gaining will filter down in to your life in a much more integrated way um, so things like you know meditation and. Prayer or just um, spending a lot of time in nature, breath work, yoga. There's so many ways to connect to spirit. But yeah, making time and and space for that really helps so much in the spiritual journey, you know, because human beings, we're, we're such spiritual creatures, whether we want to be or recognize it or not. You know, we have these different parts of ourselves, the physical, the mental, the emotional, the energetic, the spiritual. And to be like well and to be happy and to be fully embodied in ourselves, we need to take care of each of those parts of ourselves. You know, you can't be well if you're eating like crap and never exercising. You know, you won't be well. And the spirit also has its place in our lives. And so, yeah, that's something that helps to understand that, to integrate integrate the medicine work into the spiritual self. It's Mm -hmm. so important. It is so important to do this.
0: And I wanted to tell you and Juan Carlos about this. So I have an idea journal. And there was one time where I was shamanic during this is before I ever took ayahuasca. And I had this idea. To start like a farm in Peru that would be an ayahuasca integration where it's like after you've done ayahuasca you go here for a week week or two weeks and you know there's journaling prompts there's maybe like a vision fast but other things where it's like okay now with what you've learned how are you going to put this energy or cultivate this into the world because it this is really this is profound and it was really interesting during a shamanic journey I asked I'm like okay what are my next steps in my life and I interact with all kinds of different uh ascended masters and celestial beings and native americans as well. Anyways, I don't remember exactly who told me this one, but they were like turned page 3 in your idea journal and it was that. It was the ayahuasca farm in Peru and I was like that's so interesting. Yeah. And at the time I <laughs> hadn't even done ayahuasca so I was like, well, you know, I got to be able I got to do it wow. first and know. And I remember telling you about this too where I've had opportunities to take it and just never felt right. And then when I met you, I was like, okay, this is, this energy feels right. I'm totally on with mm. this. And mm. it was so interesting too, that I thought I was going to do an all women ceremony, but then it just didn't work out. And then I was so grateful to have done it with guys and girls. Cause at the time I was having some issues around the male gender for some reason. And, mm-hmm. and in that mm-hmm. moment where I was like, okay, why do I have this like discomfort around men? Or, you know, what is this about? And then. And that was one of my many intentions is like, can you show me what the, where this is coming from? And I remember looking up and I'm surrounded by men. And I remember in my life, I'm like, every... All the people, all the men in my life, have only supported me, and have been so good to me, and just like accepted me as I as I am in every moment. And it's like, why mm-hmm. would I ever have any qualms with them? And it was like in that moment, I had this like compassion, this forgiveness for myself, mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, this is just—I don't even know where this came from, but maybe it wasn't even mm-hmm. in mine, you know. And so, anyways, that <laughs> kind of went on a on a segway to other things, <laughs> but I just think integration is really important, and just. I mean, there's so many things, you know, like you were saying, eating well and like eating from the land is just like powerful, you know, it makes me feel really good whenever I eat from the land. And A lot of people who were in our ceremony really resonated with community, living together in community space. I, that's, I envision that all the time and just, sh- and just kind of um, living together in celebration of life. That's really, I think, what we're all meant to be doing here. I think that's what walking each other home means.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful. What? That's so beautiful. Yeah, you know, um integration is yeah for us. It's so so super important. And many many years ago, this medicine has been utilized in the Amazon for a very long time. um In the ancient times, it would be just the just the healer, just the curandero who would drink the medicine, and somebody would come to them. And if they were either ill, or if they had some kind of problem, they would come to them and they would be in the presence of the healer while they drink the medicine, and they would not drink the medicine. And over time, as things have evolved, you know, I can just speak from from my own vision of like, what I see happening, you know, is that this medicine really has a spirit of her own, and she has her own intelligence. And she knows so much more than we do, you know, and just about what's happening in our, in our world right now and what's happening with human consciousness. And, you know, so it's by no mistake that people have started to drink the medicine and have their own experience and have their own connection to these plant medicines, you know, and as that's starting to happen more and more and shifting and evolving, there's even more like importance around the integration, you know, because many years ago, it's like, or even, you know, sometimes here in the Amazon, if if you go to like a really old school shaman, there is no integration. They don't really talk a whole lot. You know, it's, it's, a, it's more of an old school way. If you ask about things, they may tell you just a little bit, very much more like hush. Um, and what I see happening is like, our younger generations, the medicine is communicating different things to us about how to utilize her in the world. And yeah, I really believe that these plant medicines and these plant spirits are our allies. They're allies to, human, to the human consciousness and they're helping us evolve. I believe plants have always helped humanity evolve. Um, especially in these times that we're living in right now, that are just so so important and so intense, you know, um, this medicine is is really here to help us evolve and transition, you know, as, so that humanity can take the next step. Um, and so that's I think that's really where the the integration comes in so much because what are what are all these incredible experiences for if we can't integrate them and make something of our lives, right? I say that. in in ceremonies, a lot to people, you know, um, we say like half of it is, is what the medicine can show you and bring to you and, and help you understand. And the other half is, is your work. It's how do you implement that? How do you bring that into your reality? I, I think that's so, so important and so real for these times. Mm-hmm.
0: I love that. Well, and you mentioned that before, like now, how are you going to cultivate this into your life? You know, cause it's like, it's shown you the way, but now it's, it's for you to continue that if you choose to, or do with it, what you will. But um, exactly. I love that. It's the, it's, it's, it's a, a union. It's a co-creation mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's very, very powerful. What would you recommend or what would you want to tell people who are interested in taking it or they feel the call, like what advice would you give them?
1: Yeah, I would say there's a few things. Number one would definitely be um, try, to, try to get to know who you're going to drink the medicine with, who, you're, who is going to be your facilitator because there's, just, there's a little bit of everything out there. You know, there's some people who are really good and in really good integrity with the medicine and carrying this medicine in a really good way. And then there are folks who are not. Like my experience, my first time in Peru, you know, there's people who are just doing it for money or for power, you know, or there's sometimes there's people who maybe they have good intentions, but they don't really know what they're doing yet or haven't taken the time to really go deep and study and and put in the effort that it takes to really be able to hold that space and not just like hold the space and, and play music and allow people to journey, but there's just so much that comes in, in from the spirit world in these ceremonies. And you really want to be with someone who who's going to be able to to hold the space in the right kind of way, you know. And so trust your intuition. If you can't speak to the person directly, that's maybe an, an indicator, you know, that it might not be the right circle. Or, you know, if you get a sort of a weird vibe, trust your instinct with your guide you know next thing would be prepare yourself you really want to prepare yourself you know like we touched on earlier we mentioned um, there's a diet to follow you want to eat you want to clean out your body you know not only just the physical body but you know we say at least a couple weeks to at least one week before your ceremony you know you want to be Um, Get your mind in a good place. Don't watch any horror movies, you know, try not to spend all your time on Facebook and, you know, because everything that's in us when we get into ceremony, man, it's right there. You want to you want to get yourself into a good space um, before you're going to move into a ceremony and that will help you a lot. Yeah, I think I think those two things are really important. Yeah, if you if you're preparing yourself properly and and you feel like you're you're with good guides, I think that's you know that's good. And there are certain like health conditions and medications that are not compatible with this medicine. And it's difficult because some of them are antidepressants and MAOI inhibitor or things like that. It's tough because the medicine can really benefit people a lot that are um, needing these medications, but you know if anybody hears this please 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 do not mix them no don't don't do it because if you go to the medicine you know looking for healing and for help and you're taking these medicines and you're not honest about it things could go very very wrong and very dangerous to do that and so uh, that's really really important to pay attention to so yeah i think I think that's good <laughs> did you ever have to deal with that
0: did somebody ever lie and then they had this like really crazy experience
1: So far that I'm aware of in our ceremonies, nobody has ever lied about taking medications like that. You know, if if they have taken medications, then then we haven't known, you know, for for me, for us, I take time, you know, to 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 speak to each person. And I really I get pretty serious (laughs) when it comes to people coming to ceremony because I want them to understand that it's it's serious, serious, but gentle. I'd like to think (laughs) Yeah, I I try to just energetically let people know that like, hey, this is for real, you know, and you could be in real danger if you're not honest. And so, so far, we haven't had an issue with that.
0: Well, and that just goes to show that your intention, again, like, I think you just, you, because your intention is so pure, and you have such a vision of who this is meant to be for, you attract those people, for sure. And and I would say that you definitely, like, 100% got the Serious but gentle demeanor down. That that is actually how I would describe you too when I first talked to you on the phone. So that makes sense. Um, Good. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Is there I'm curious about your personal life. So what's the toughest thing that you've ever been through? Like what was one of the most challenging times of
1: your life? Oh gosh. (laughs) Oh. So well, let me start here. In my experience and in a lot of the studies that I've done with people who carry medicines or the shaman, if you will, there is a really difficult journey that it takes to get there. This has been my personal experience and I've witnessed it in many, many healers and people in this position. I read this book by my favorite author, Graham Hancock. It's called Supernatural. And he talks about how the ancient cave painting, there's always like the the shamans have to go to like the underworld and they go through hell and they get annihilated to then come out on the other side and be the be the shaman, right? And like, I resonate with that so much because there's two things. There's There's my personal life and then there's my path with this medicine. And on this medicine path, I have gone through some really, 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 really challenging um, experiences, there was a just a really game-changing moment where I realized that, okay, these experiences are going to serve me. They're going to teach me something, and I'm not going to just let these things that have happened destroy me. And that was, that was a big game changer. And it's a common thing. It's like we are able to heal in others things that we have experienced, right? More than anything. And so, or we're allowed to let that healing come through. I wouldn't want to say that we heal anything, right? But, you know, I've had just really challenging experiences in ceremony, really challenging experiences in dieta and like that, where just I've come in contact with really dark energies and had to learn how to like, how to navigate that and how to like get myself through that yeah that's real (laughs) uh and in my personal life I come from a family that uh, I love my family so much I'm so grateful for my for my family but my mom has been through a lot Uh, my, my dad passed away when I was a baby and so um, you know, my mom, she really had a, a tough go when I was a little girl and coming up and young. I did not learn how to deal with my emotions, you know, when I was young. Um, and so I, I, ha- I went through a lot of like emotional turmoil as a young girl and just didn't know how to like process my emotions. And like, you know, like we say, like emotional intelligence, you know, that's so much of what in, in my early days, what the medicine healed in me or allowed me to heal in myself was learning how to deal with my emotions. I'm so grateful <laughs> for that. I, I sometimes wonder, I'm like, what would I be like if I never encountered this medicine? My goodness. <laughs> but yeah, you know, without, without getting into any like horror stories, I don't want to horrify anyone. <laughs> Just things like that. And that life-changing moment when you realize that all of your struggles and all of your challenges become the mud that the lotus is born from right and so it changes everything you know you allow yourself you don't want to bypass anything you allow yourself to go through these things and then when you're on the other side of it you say okay what did I learn how did this strengthen me how did I get through this ah that's how I did it now I have all of these tools. Now I have all of these things within me. I survived that. You know, it's it's self talk and it's state of mind that decide how we deal with the circumstances of life. So mm. beautiful,
0: beautiful answer. Thank you. Yes. It's- it's so important yeah. that it's so important that, you know, all these challenges are helping us grow. Really. It's like, mm-hmm. it's ha- it's happening for us, not to us. And yeah, and yeah. how, and exactly. But when we come on the other side, we're going to be, you know, we have more tools under our belt. Exactly. And then mm-hmm. if it ever happens again, it's like, well, this is not going to be as painful as it was the first time, probably. Yeah. You
1: know. Yeah, for sure.
0: Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. So there's something that you mentioned earlier on about there's different traditions, and I mm-hmm. don't know much about that. So what yeah. are the
1: different traditions? like? And what tradition are you, do you follow, are you in Hong mm-hmm. Kong? Yeah, there's lots of different traditions. You know, this medicine is abundant throughout the Amazon region of South America. And so that's through several different countries, Colombia, Brazil, Venezuela, and Peru, all throughout the Amazon region. And so there are several indigenous groups that work with it. A few of them to name would be like um, in Brazil, a really sort of well-known community is the Santo Daimi, which is way, way, way different from the way that we work with the medicine. It's it's sort of like a fusion of Christianity. And so the way that they do their ceremonies is um, it's more like church. I think they consider it like a church and they serve the medicine and they stand up. Imagine, stand up singing hymns with the lights on and singing and and dancing all together. And there's children, there's old people, and that's how they do their ceremonies. It's so, to me, I've never experienced this Antodaymi ceremony. It's so unreal to me. I think that the medicine that they serve is perhaps a little less potent than some other brews, but that's one way of doing it. And then there's Yahé, which is uh, from Colombia. Uh, I can't remember the name of the specific tribes that work with the medicine there from Colombia, but... Yeah, they have their own process in the ceremony. I think they maybe have like a fire in their ceremonies and they work with different kinds of songs. And and then here in Peru, there's lots of different w- ways. So the, the mestizo tradition, mestizo basically just means mixed. So it's it's a sort of a mix between a little bit of Christianity, like they bring in prayers to, to God and to Jesus, but they sing Icaros and, and like that. The tradition that Juan Carlos and I work most closely with is the Shipibo tradition, which here in Pucallpa, where we live, where I am right now, in case you hear any of the motorcycles and such driving by, <laughs> Pucallpa is the, it has the highest number of Shipibo people here in Pucallpa. And so Shipibo Conibo is a, is a tribe of people and they're one of the, the guardian tribes of people for this medicine. And the traditional way that they conduct their ceremonies is is how how you experience ceremony with us so it's um it's in the dark everybody sits on the ground we sing these icaros there's lots of different ways and even now like in these modern times you know western people so many western people myself included are coming to the amazon and maybe not even coming here but just learning this medicine and facilitating and serving it you may encounter people who have never even been to the Amazon that serve medicine and maybe they sing mantras all night or they play their guitar and they sing different kinds of songs all night. And there's lots of different ways. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I had a friend who did it in somewhere in Mm -hmm. Peru And they incorporated Buddhist teachings. So there was a lot of meditation involved and they meditated a lot and then, you know, took the ayahuasca. And he said it was the most profound experience of his life. And he really, really resonated with taking it in that way. I was like, Uh that's really interesting. I mean, the the things that people are doing these days. And again, I think it has to do with the intention. And like even what you said before, like are are some of these... People who are serving the medicine, are there, is there intentions for money? Is it for whatever? And it's like, that's with anything in life too. It's like anything that we create, it's like, what is the intention behind it? This is huge, you know? And like everything's created with an intention and it always goes back to that. I think of that a lot actually. And yeah. yeah and it's just like what do we want to see more in the world what do we want to see more of in the world like we can just create that <laughs> and it's not yeah. so easy too it's like oh that's so easy <laughs> yes. It can be really it's just like an approach to to it as well and the mindset about it everything it's all connected okay. there's so many so many things <laughs> for
1: oh, wow.
0: sure yeah. i'm so glad that you do this that you found this purpose and you yeah. deliver this to the, the healing to the people you bring
1: The medicine Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm definitely still learning. My husband Juan Carlos and I, we still go and um, we do dietas with a teacher. We have a teacher that's here in Peru in Iquitos and he's a tabaquero. So there's different kinds of healers that work with different things here in in Peru. There's ayahuasqueros, there's tabaqueros, there's perfumeros. So lots of different healers that work with different plants. And, um, you know, our teacher is one of the most amazing human beings I've ever met. He has an unbelievable connection to these plants. And he's so incredibly wise. And And I just learned so much from him. We are continuing our studies, you know, and it's important to us to stay on that. Especially me, you know, being a, a, a white person from North America, you know, I had, um, I had a really hard time accepting that this is what I was really supposed to do you know I had so much like self-doubt and like who do I think I am you know and other people along the way also you know like who do you think you are white girl like oh you know I encountered all kinds of, of things you know and so it was really hard for me to to accept my path but throughout the journey you know in the beginning when I shared that story you know after I got back from Peru after spending five months here it was like I just realized that like, you know, when you're not doing what it is you're supposed to be doing, nothing works out. (laughs) I lost my job, my house, I had to move out of my apartment, my car broke down, I had like friend losing friendships, things changing, you know, and it was like, and then when I was in Peru, all of these doors were opening. And through all this medicine work, so many opportunities coming. And I was like, wow, okay, like pay attention, pay attention to that. I really like humbly slowly sort of inched my way up to, to where I am now. And, and now that I'm I've accepted my role, you know, and I've stepped into this path and and who I am, I'm, I'm really grateful for it because I know that I'm doing what I what I'm supposed to be doing and I have a lot of reverence and respect in my heart for for the indigenous peoples around me that are teaching me and in a sense giving me permission to carry this medicine that is ancestrally belongs to to their people and to their land. And so, uh, I just just wanted to say that as well. That's really, it's really important to me. Really important.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you mentioned that, actually. I think that's really important. Yeah, that makes- I've had a friend have a similar experience mm-hmm. with kind of shamanic work that she does. But she's like, but, I, mm-hmm. you know, this was calling and and then people calling her out on cultural appropriation. And it's like, mm-hmm. but, but it's like if you knew her and you knew her intention, it's like, you know that she's got a heart that's pure. And mm-hmm. like she's using mm-hmm. this like this is this has helped her. And there's so much respect mm-hmm. and reverence, again, for for the um, the healing modality itself. Mm-hmm. And and it, that's yeah. really interesting. So it's like just kind of, I mean, and just knowing again that it's not really, that's kind of more about the person who kind of makes that judgment, I think. So, and it's not about you. Because yeah, it's like knowing who you are, it's like, what else would you be doing? You know what I mean? Like this is, <laughs> lights you up and you're meant to be doing the things <laughs> that light you up, you know? And so, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah you know, I think that um, it is, it's really something that us Eurocentric people really do need to to keep in mind. I think, you know, in this, in this day and age. And for me, it's, it's super important to make sure that I'm, that I'm in right relation and I'm not um, appropriating anything or, and that I have the permission to sort of do what I'm doing. That means a lot to me. And there's a way, there's always a way. And if your spirit is calling you because, you know, it's a real thing that so many eurocentric like western people are called to these medicines and i i think I, you know i have i have a lot of thoughts about it and i see a lot of things about it and you know it's some of our ancestors who really just did a lot of harmful things in this world and created a lot of injustice. The fact that their descendants are now coming back around to these healing ways more than, (laughs) more than anyone. I see that it's by no mistake. I value so much being in right relation and making sure that as we approach them, and if we do feel called to carry these medicines and facilitate in this way that we're really doing it in the right way and respecting and. mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for allowing me to speak to that. <laughs> mm,
0: thank you for speaking mm. to that. I think that's huge. It's really, really important. Yeah. I'm glad that you said that. I don't know if I've had any more questions for you. Is there anything else that you would like <laughs> to share?
1: Ooh, I feel really good about what we shared. It was so beautiful. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate the opportunity to connect and share here with you. It's so beautiful. <laughs> thank
0: you. Thank, <laughs> thank you so you, much. I had a blast and yeah. I learned so much and I feel refreshed. In a way. Oh,
1: good. Good. Me too. <laughs> and I just put out there, um, if anybody listening um, is interested in connecting more with myself or my husband, Juan Carlos, we're on social media. My name is uh, Taminci. We also have um, our center. Our healing center has a Facebook page as well. It's IntiYapu, I-N-T-I. Yaku, I-N-T-I. YACU is Y-A-C-U. Um, that's the name of our retreat center. And please look us up and be in touch if you feel called to, to come and, and connect and experience these medicines. We'll be happy to, to connect. And I will mm-hmm. put all of this information in the show notes
0: so you will have access to this and you can click on it easily mm-hmm. with ease and everything like that. And I can recommend them highly. Like I said mm-hmm. earlier, I mentioned it again, I have been asked or I've been invited to do ceremonies before. And I was like, this energy isn't right. This, this intention Mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't feel right. And again, what Fia um, mentioned before, like, listen to that, listen to that intuition and I did. And then I met Fia through a friend and I was like, right away, I knew, I was like, this is, this feels right. This feels in alignment with, with the pure intention and integrity of this plant medicine. So
1: thank you so much, Fia. I love you. Uh, Thank you, Abby. I love you too, sister. Thank you. It's a pleasure and a joy.
0: (laughs) Thank you for tuning your senses into the Sacred Portal podcast. If this was an enjoyable experience for you, please leave a rating and review to let others know. Hit the subscribe button to get notified when there are new releases and share widely. Journey well, dear friends.